Before your selected episode begins, here's a word from our friends at Wrestling Recommendations. Hey wrestling fans, this is Eddie Shepard, one half of the guys over at Wrestling Recommendations, telling you to check out our podcast. Each week, myself and my best friend Travis Lasseter dive in with a deep retrospective and watch along to some of our favorite matches. We have curated a list of over 200 plus matches spanning over 40 plus years. We take all those matches, we throw them into a randomizer, and the very next week, that's the match we cover. Check us out at Wrestling Recom on Twitter, R-E-C-O-M-M, and Wrestling Recommendations on Facebook. And you can find us wherever podcasts are available. And let us bring our wrestling recommendations to you. Hello, you are listening to the Wrestling Purist Podcast, and welcome to this episode of Pure Talk. It is our interview series where we welcome wrestling talent to the pod and talk all things wrestling. My name is Ryan. As always, we have Jeff. And with us today, it is a very, very special episode. It is one that Jeff and I have fangirled out for about the last month. Uh, um, but we do have today the Prince of the Privileged the coastal elite, the venture grapplerist. He lives in a gated community inside of a gated community. And he is the true definition of 1%. He is your current next generation wrestling, Tennessee Eastern States champion. It is Logan Easton LaRoe. Logan, welcome. Thank you, Ryan. I do just want to add, you said a gated community inside a gated community, which was correct, but you missed. It is also surrounded by a gated community. Just to clarify. It's okay. Great. Fix right, it in well, post. Off to off to off to a great start. Fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I like like I said, Jeff and I are huge fans. Um, we're probably the only two marks who are in the front row when everybody else is booing you and giving you the bird and giving you the business. We're those two in the front row just standing shoulder to shoulder, just just clapping all day long, just <laughs> But Much that's us. Thank you. Um, gosh, yeah, and we know you just um, and we know you just worked fight fight pro the season finale last last night. Uh, so we know that you've been working hard. How did how did everything go last night? Uh, I guess I don't know because it hasn't aired yet. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about the results, but uh, it was like a four hour taping, and the fans were still with uh, me and Rhett. We wrestled for about. 30 minutes and 90 degree temperatures. I had literally just gotten back from a week long vacation where I drank and ate way too much, but <laughs> still got it done. I felt like shit afterwards and all day today has been recovery, but. That's awesome. At least you weren't, um, I don't, I don't know if you've seen um, Will Osprey's Twitter the last week because they just had forbidden door last night, but it's like uh, they went to the, um, uh, they went to the uh, waterfalls over there in Canada. The name is blank right now, but yeah. Niagara, Niagara Falls. I don't know. I have a damn college college degree and can't get it and get it together. But uh, but like you know, his wife's there and he and you know she's like, this is so beautiful and pans over and he's just all like you know crumple face and just you know sad and 
And then and then you look over at yours and you guys look like you're having a fantastic time. Like, yeah, it was great. I uh, I saw a shark while I was snorkeling, which is my first time being up close. So it's pretty exciting. Ooh. Jaws. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, you look great. You look you look you're rested, relaxed. Um, even even after that war with you know, Rhett and Rhett Titus last night, um, we did have on our on our last interview we did have um, the Tonys and Ernesto Osiris on. Um, we talked all about Fight Pro and you know just trying to pump that up a little bit. Um, I know that you talked about last night specifically, but what's been your experience with Fight Fight Pro and um, how are you seeing it as being different to other promotions you've worked with? Uh, so fight, it's like, it's probably the most well-run promotion that I've worked for outside of national television, and frankly, even more well-run sometimes than uh, sometimes I've been at national television, uh, as far as the planning and everything going into it. Extremely professional locker room, Ernie Osiris, Ernesto, as you called him, super professional guy, great way to run everything. Um, and just, like, there's a true vision. It's never... I've never gotten there and it's just like, let's put on an indie show. We got six to eight matches. Some will be good, some will be bad, but whatever. Here's wrestling. There's like, there's a real purpose for every single thing within the show. The rules, obviously, uh, it's kind of similar to pure rules. I'm sure they talked about it there. So uh, kind of bringing some parameters back to wrestling, which I think in some ways is pretty needed, at least on the indie scene. I would agree with you 100%. <laughs> um, so to, to to piggyback off that and to touch on that, as you traverse the, you know, television and the indie scene, um, you know, f- inside, you know, your mind and, and how you work, is it, you know, do you tailor, you know, your wrestling or your, your the way you prepare or, you know, depending on what you do, depending on the promotion, depending on the rules, depending on the travel, um, I think I think as fans, you know, uh, we tend to, you know, we just show up to the places and you guys are ready. We turn on our TVs and you guys are ready. You know, I don't think people really understand, you know, travel and like 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 just now coming off vacation, like all that stuff that goes into it. Like, how's that? You know, how does it affect you? Does it not affect you? You know, I, you know, how's that? Yeah. You know, just all, all in a day's work. I mean, yeah, no, I, there is a lot of <clears throat> to get to that. Sometimes just like a five minute match how much work or even in the case when i've done AEW, when i'm trying to look my best to be on youtube for all of three minutes you know how much work goes into that is like i'm in the gym two hours a day seven days a week i do jujitsu for an hour on top of that and that's on top of working a real job that's on top of uh, any kind of social life my wife time with the dog all that kind of stuff so yeah i mean it's like the last 15 years of my life it's it truly has been like living living a double life i am frankly i'm a little tired now uh i'm 32 but yeah there's there's a lot of preparation that goes into it in in some cases too not to shit on anybody in the indies but you see that some guys don't spend that two hours in the gym don't have that real uh combat sports background and not to disparage them there's wrestling for all kinds of different folks you need different colors of paint but uh for me it's always been important i would like to be an athlete if I'm going to become a professional athlete or appear to be one on TV. Completely, completely factual. 
no, it's completely factual. No, um, I, we've 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 been to a handful of indie shows, and you know, to your to your point, you know, we're not trying to you know bury anybody here or you know make anybody look look bad. But to your but to your point, it does look like um, and and it could be different scenarios. It seems like um, because um, we just had another talent on um, a couple months back, and um, this and you know he's into his late thirties, but this is a this is a secondary avenue for him, but he still puts in the work. But then you'll see other guys that maybe just are doing it as a you know hobby or they sure. like doing it, and you can see the work that some people who are a little more dedicated put into it, as opposed to some of those who don't maybe see this as um, a long term career or, or a long term answer. Yeah, and I I mean I don't want to shit on them. Like there's when I was younger, I was more militant. Like if you don't want to make it, like get the fuck out stop wasting my time but now i'm older i'm more i realize like maybe that's not the life people want and i think it's okay to do it as a hobby as long as when you get to the building when you get to the show you are putting on the best show you can uh and for me i need to work out and be in shape to put on the best show i can which is the way i look at it but there's other people you know that might bring something else to the table and don't need to do that as much or can have a match in a different way or be a character in a different way fair enough Fair enough. I want to piggyback off of that. Um, so how did you break into the professional wrestling industry? Um, and where and where and where and where were you trained? Who were who were some of your trainers? So actually, I think like what was it, two or three days ago would have been my first day of walking into Kaida Pro Wrestling School in wow. 2007. It also my first day was the day that they found uh the Benoit's. So it was kind of a weird day to start. Um, oh, yeah. man. Like wow. phones too, all that. That's wild. Old. But uh, so the, my deal was I worked in an ice cream store. I saved up the $2,500 and I was 16 at the time. So I had to get my mom to sign the release. And her deal with me was as long as I took the SATs and I passed my classes, she would sign the release and I paid for it. Uh, but growing up, I played lacrosse football. I was an athlete, but like for me, it was always those things were just on the resume for when Jim Ross is talking about me on Monday Night Raw. Like I never really gave a shit about football. I was mediocre at best at it. Same with lacrosse, but I wanted, you know, when I'm fucking fighting the Undertaker, that they could be like, oh, former varsity athlete Logan here. Uh, so yeah, I started at this place called Kaida Pro in Manassas, Virginia. It's no longer there. Uh, some other Kaida Pro graduates in my class, you guys may know, are Nyla Rose and Mia Yim. Um, and before me, well before me, Christian York, uh, Mickey James, Sanjay Dutt, they all came from Kaida Pro. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's a. Uh, this isn't that far of a drive from us, Jeff. Uh, no, not at all. It's about 30 minutes away from us. We're, we're uh, Virginia boys as well. Um, what part of Virginia? Uh, Fredericksburg. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, way back, like one of my very first shows would have been the Fredericksburg Fair. I want to say, like, yes, yeah. Ten minutes, ten minutes from my house. Did, <laughs> by any chance, were you guys at the kind of shows? I think just one year they did an all women's show and one tag team tournament show. I oh think so, I, I think so. Yeah, where you, th there was a show down at the fair. You know what? I might have seen you down there at that fairground show actually, because Mickey James was there and uh, Sanjay Dutt was wrestling. Okay, um, no, no, no. This was way less. Way, uh, okay, okay, okay. Also, 
Also, too, at the time, uh, Ring of Honor heavyweight champion Jay Lethal was just da- down 10 minutes down the street from my house at the Fair, Fair Grand show at the same show. And I'm like, this is Jay Lethal, like the heavy- w- w- your Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. Everybody's looking at me like, yeah, he's just some black guy. But I'm just like, no, I don't think you guys understand. Like, this is Jay Lethal, the Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. Nobody cared. <laughs> Not over in Fredericksburg, I guess. Uh, unfortunately. What a shame. <laughs> What a shame. Yeah. Whenever we talk about Ring of Honor shows or Ring of Honor anything, it's always, it's always, oh yeah, you could, you know, see Jay Lethal down here at 10 bucks and nobody knows him from the guy that's selling hot, hot, hot dogs. I'm like, it's crazy. It's crazy to see where different paths take people and you go to different parts of, you know, even Virginia. I mean, I mean, you know, we've seen you at VCW, UE, UEW, and the difference between being, you know, wrestling a show in Richmond and wrestling a show in like Norfolk area is two different sets of communities. And it's absolutely crazy that Virginia can be that way. Yeah, totally. And also, I mean, just in the time, it has been a long time. I've seen such a huge change in what the Indies were back when I started late 2000s to now, you know, like, like you said, people, the average fair going fairgrounds fan doesn't know who Jay Lethal is, but you know, uh, especially a few years ago with more of the indie boom, like people really did start being real nerds about wrestling with Reddit or Twitter or whatever. Whereas when I started, it's like shows would have like the one former TV name, like uh, Nikolai Volkov is on the show. And then the rest of it's just indie schlubs that nobody really gives a shit about. Uh, and yep. now I think the wrestling fan who goes to a, to an independent show does have a little more appreciation for like quote unquote, good wrestling, the indie style more than they probably used to back when I started. I uh, I would agree with that. It's it's been this is you know my hill to die on. Um, unfortunately, to a lot of people, wrestling didn't start until 2017, and it drives me crazy. Like there was no wrestling before that. You know, well there was, but you know, per these this crop of fans, and it's it's just crazy. And it's what I say about Ring of Honor, and and not just Ring of Honor, like a a ton of places. Uh, Nova Pro, I've seen you at Nova Pro a million times. Like good wrestling. But again, if it's not past 2017 or just because somebody doesn't know who somebody is, doesn't mean it's not good wrestling. God, it drives me. It drives me insane. Drives me insane. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, though. You know, you can only keep up with so much. But I think the best method, I wish all wrestling fans, this is an unrealistic thing because it is like comic book fans. They all come in with like preconceived notions or they like who they like. They're not willing to open their mind. But, you know, like. You never know. There's lots of diamonds in the rough, especially now. Like when I started too, so many people I trained with only knew WWF. And like I was the weirdo kid that like had these Ring of Honor DVDs and they're like, who the fuck's Austin Aries? What are you talking about? Uh, but yeah, prior to saving up for wrestling school, my lawn mowing money, I'd always wait until the uh, the buy three, get one free sale on Ring of Honor. You know, I, I don't know how much money I fucking spent on those DVDs. And now I have literally every single show there is for $10 a month or whatever. Um, I also did the same thing. And I also had a hookup um, back in the day. I was tell- telling an- uh, another friend of ours, like, yeah, never forget. I was getting burned DVDs of Ring of yeah. Honor, <laughs> Ring of Honor shows. And there's again, there's, there's probably some, you know, crowd or percentage of people listening to this podcast is like, what's a burn DVD? Uh, trust me, uh, it's, too, it's too much to explain, but burn dvds with wrestling on them there's nothing like it boy yeah it's similar to that man i remember going to uh chris heroes like probably like an angel fire 
website and getting his best of compilation, which I'm pretty sure he probably burned himself oh. and put in the mail for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, our goodness, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. These kids these yeah. days, yeah, yeah. Ask Jeff. Technology ruins everything. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm with you on that. So. There is one thing I wanted to clear up because, like I said, we've seen you in UEW a handful of times, and we saw in Cage Match um, that you're still recognized as the UEW Continental Champion. Obviously, you won it in the five way. Um, is that is is that a fact? Are you still the UEW Continental Champion? Uh, I. Yes, so I I know that UEW just ran a show in like Jackson, Florida, right? I think it was the Continental Championship defended. I wasn't there. So I, I I couldn't tell you, but it was one of those things where we remembered you winning it, we remembered you defending it, and then they moved from Virginia to Florida, and right. it was it was like well. He doesn't look, we don't see him on the poster. So is he still the champion? I mean, do you still have, is it one of those things where you get to still carry around that championship? So typically when I win a title, this is breaking, sorry, breaking script here, but typically when I win a title, I prefer not to have it because I don't trust myself to not lose it or forget it when I'm going on the road. Uh, I was some kind of champion in CWF. And I actually, I made it from where I live, closer to D.C. At Fredericksburg is where I realized that I had left the championship at my house. So I had to turn all the way around about <sighs> two trip to get it. So when I win a title, I prefer just keep it at the show. I'll get it when I need it. So it is safe to say that the guys at Next Gen have the Eastern States Championship currently. No, that one actually, uh, the owner of Next Gen insisted, Cody, that I hold on to <laughs> course he did that schmuck yeah, exactly <laughs> schmuck. Okay. oh my gosh yeah uh we we've set up a few rings for them and um eddie's on the show pretty frequently with all the other ventures that he has going on in his life so um shout out to wrestling recommendations by the way while i'm doing a cheap plug here but uh jeff tag to you so i mean these are probably pretty basic but you know we do this with everybody because we we generally want to know you know um for you we all get into wrestling this way that way this match that match this person that wrestler um what's that moment for you what's that first match what's that first card what's that first toy what's that you know that spark that kind of gets you i mean we're just fans we didn't get into it to the point where we want to take bumps people no thank you but you know so for you you know what you know what what was that uh, so as far back as I can really remember, I've been a wrestling fan. And I believe the first time I ever really saw it was at Blockbuster. I just saw Doink the Clown on a box. And I want to say it was WrestleMania 10. I'm not 100% sure that's what it was. But like, I'm a huge Batman fan. I was like, Clown, Joker, let's rent this. And I know me and my brother watched the whole thing front to back. And then like I was like five or six. I was pretty young. Uh, and I had friends who, like, also their older brothers watched it. So, like, suddenly I saw Shawn Michaels winning the title. And I was like, oh, this shit rocks. Uh, and basically, since then, I've been a fan. I think the turning point for, like, 
where I wanted to transition that to realize like, oh, this is something that you could do potentially uh, was just like, to be honest, the Hardy Boys, like um, the Desire videos, specifically like Jeff Hardy, the Our Lady mm. video, right around the uh, Undertaker ladder match. Just like, mm. man, got to fucking, I got to do this. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 a great pool. God, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to put know. you on the spot here because you said WrestleMania 10. Um, better match. Is it Owen and Brett or Razor and Sean? Uh, I go back and forth between HBK or Brett. I think Brett was probably in the right. However, I'm more of an HBK fan personally. Uh, between those two, this is a real petty thing. But Owen Hart has like a snot rocket stuck in his nose that whole match. And it really bothers me the entire time. So I got to say that first ladder match. However, depending on the day, I, I mean, that's I don't do like star ratings, but I would consider both those easily five star matches. Oh, Daddy Dave. Oh, my gosh. Um, Excuse me, Logan. Um, hey, Cod. Fuck you, by the way, for that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you know. I love that uh, uh, that match. You know, I do, and you know, I had to take my shot. Um, Jeff is a Jeff is a Bret Hart guy. He will uh, he'll be a, he'll be a Bret Hart guy till the day he dies when he's buried in you know Bret Hart's bomber jacket um, and you know the wraparound shades as they're as they're lowering him down six feet under. So it hey. runs deep. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to. I I had to ask. This is my deal, Logan. All I'm saying is this: it's this the this idea that Bret Hart. If you want to be mad for at Bret for not doing business, fair, no problem. Like I, I can't argue that. I, I don't like how we got there, but fair. But this idea that that Shawn Michaels is, you know, not above Bret Hart. But like somehow Shawn Michaels is a good guy and Bret Hart's the bad guy. Like, oh my goodness, he's such a bad person, Bret Hart. But no, Shawn uh, Michaels is, you know. I didn't say all that. I just prefer the wrestling. <laughs> I, I think Bret is 100% in the right. I'll also say uh, Bret biography versus Shawn biography. Bret biography is the best wrestling book of all time, in my opinion. Yes. Hitman's fan. Without Thank you. Doubt. Without a doubt, um, I know that I know that you're an H HBK guy. Um, would you say that maybe he's one of your um, influences as to what as to what you um, style your character and your in ring work with? And if it's not him, um, do you do you take any any influences from you know guys in the past, the present? Sure. I mean, he's definitely for me. He is number one for sure. I think any white kid under six foot tall under 200 pounds probably is hbk in there throws a super kick um obviously steal a lot of shit from him uh he would probably be number one like i said growing up i was a gigantic jeff hardy fan i don't know that my style is very obviously jeff hardy <laughs> related or influenced but him and sting are two probably my like two and three of my other favorite wrestlers i like rick rude a lot i like um Basically through HBK, Tully Blanchard, I study a lot in Gino. Um, who else? Austin Aries, to be honest. Like, I know yeah. whatever problematic now, but like, I oh, yeah. he's, I wouldn't have found Ring of Honor. I like flipping through a 
PWI, seeing that he beat Mojo, because I was like vaguely aware of Smojo, and that's kind of what got me to check out Ring of Honor from there. But those guys, um, Daniel Bryan and Punk to some degree, but honestly, Aries over both of them, and Benoit and Eddie, of course, too. But I love flipping, it. I love it. Yeah. flipping through PWI, another old school, uh, you know, thing yeah. of the past. Do you know what I mean? Man, mm-hmm. it is. It's another thing that just like I don't know. There's so much more media these days. Periods to kids, but like, go to the grocery store with my mom, and it's just like I'm gonna go check out the magazines while she shops, and that's like how as kids we kind of figured out what was going on, like flipping through. Uh, movie magazine or PWI if they had it or like there was other wrestling magazines back then too just like the shitty yeah. WWE all ones and all that yeah. stuff so I don't know it's yeah, harder, I... hard to grab people nowadays I think yeah and wrestling now too at least for the for the fan side is more inclusive like which again I'm not, I'm not gonna argue like people you know people should like what they like I'm not gonna argue for people like pro wrestling Um, but it's also grabbed a bunch of fans that don't know the ass from their elbow, which is fine as well. But man, it's just uh, Twitter and social media. It's just change wrestling. Like I, I couldn't imagine, like we just run, you know, a podcast and enjoy wrestling. So I can't imagine actually being like talent like you and having a craft and having, you know, just being out there for everybody to, I mean, I'm sure it just rolls off your back, but just being out there for everybody to judge and 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 praise slash take the piss out of. I mean, it's got to be a wild landscape for you, especially starting off when you started off when there was, I mean, not nothing, but just no. I you know before I mean before I got to Chikara in 2014, I'd never really gotten fan feedback in any way other than like leaving a show, people were like, hey, fuck you, or hey, good match, whatever. <laughs> But, you know, after Chikara, which uh, was something that people on the internet watch, people on forums watch, and they fucking hated me and my partner. They weren't supposed to. We were places. So, like, that was my first experience of, like, man, wrestling fans can be kind of assholes. And, like, they really – sometimes – I'm not saying we were doing great work, but I don't know if we were doing as bad as they thought we were doing. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you got to develop a thick skin. Like, no one's ever really won an argument on Twitter, I don't think. So, like – there's no way if you say I suck and I go, no, I don't, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, he doesn't suck. I'm just like, you're, I'm digging myself further in the hole. So, yeah, yeah. me and my partner in Chikara, like, we had to take our licks. My cage match rating is still terrible, I think, mostly due to those early NRG days in Chikara. But it is what it is. Uh, it's part of the game. It's part of being a quote on like a public figure. It's yeah. the little bit of the public who is aware of my existence is. So if I could jump on that too, how's that for you? Like you said, you know, you have your, you know, your regular job, your day job as well. Like does Logan, he's in the room, you know, is he picking up groceries at, you know, Publix and someone's like, Oh shit, there's Logan, he's in the room. Like, how's that? How, how's that go? Uh, where I live, I live very close to where Nova pro wrestling ran. So every once uh-huh. in a while, they'll like, be like, Oh, are you the 1% guy? happens weirdly at my gym at gold gym now and then uh and yeah sometimes i live close i don't know if you guys know mosaic district you probably don't know but a little like one of those fake kind of cities here in fairfax yeah 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 target or whatever people would be like uh, yeah you know? yeah yeah 
Yeah, it, here and there, and it's always, I mean, because I'm not famous enough that it happens often when it does happen, it, I mark out probably more than the person who sees what. <laughs> that's that's cool. Yeah, the Mosaic District. Oh, yeah. I used to, I used to um, oh, George Mason was my stomping grounds back in the day. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Many moons ago. Yeah. Yeah, so when you see a tent outside of Publix the next time you go there, you know, and you see it rustling around, you know that it's Jeff inside just waiting to get out and bounce. Be like, hey, are you the one percent guy? <laughs> no, Kyle, I I did enough shit for cheering you on at 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 the damn shows and like people looking at me like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, what You're are you right. talking about? This guy's great. Out in Tennessee, yeah. love, yeah, yeah. We get we we get a lot of weird looks only because you know there's a there is a reason why we like, you know, the talent that we like. And, you know, it just so happens to be that uh, the character that you portray is, you know, not what the fans like. I mean, you know, he's your traditional heel and we're the only ones that enjoy the craft. And, you know, it's like things calm down, match starts up, you know, you start to lock up and it's like, you know, the side eyes start going and it's like, what the fuck are these guys? Like the moment, I kid you not. I think it was, Oh man, Jeff, one... it, it it was the UEW show where we got yelled at for saying Matt fucking cross. Yes. Yeah. It was okay. that one. Um and and it was the whole time and it was just like fish out of water 100% just the community I don't really know understood what really we were doing or maybe it was what was going on fully, but it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, we're not, we're not in Kansas anymore, Jeffrey. Like, um, but that's, I mean, that, that's the beauty of pro wrestling. Cause I'm sure yeah. uh, on top of uh, Logan doing his thing, you know, being a professional wrestler, I'm sure, you know, said person left and was like, yeah, some, you know, some asshole guy named Logan won a loss and two other asshole guys were cheering him on in the crowd. And like, that's, that's the beauty. That's the, the exact beauty of pro wrestling yeah. for me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, it, sport, right? There's away yeah. games, home games. You guys are away fans. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, are we. <laughs> uh, believe that. Believe that. But no, you're absolutely right. Whenever we go to a next gen show, and I mean, you know, obviously, you know, it's not a, it's not a hop, skip and a jump to get there, but um you know when we get when we go it's 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 very much so a really great loving wrestling community and it's just that the community appreciates the wrestling being being there but i also think that they understand like the the actual art and the sport of professional wrestling do you do you get that vibe whenever you whenever you know you you know go to those shows yeah totally i it's a great great crowd i mean there's there's fans that are like the the smarter fans who do appreciate the art but you know there's families and stuff too and uh it just that's who i want to perform in front of people that'll play along or actually be into it or whatever i think the last ngw show i got toilet papered which is like great man bring it on i love that hustle environment it's fun it definitely was not jeff okay even no he, even though he I'm had not. toilet paper at the october show we went to um, I mean, who is that? Who's that toilet paper board, Jeff? Uh, was it Shug? Shug D, I think. It was Shug. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't Shug's stand Shug nice, D. Shug's the nicest guy. Oh <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. It's not personal. He's like he's, yeah, you know, he's a great guy. Like I'm not arguing that, but but you know, but as a wrestling fan, as I am, I can't stand him. Fair enough. But no comment. No, but this is also <laughs> the guy. No, 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 no. But this is also the guy who is you know huge Jim Duggan mark. So don't so don't pay him any mind. I've wrestled Jim Duggan. There you go, Jeff. Yeah. Look at look at there. Look at my two guys. <laughs> look at my two guys wrestling each other. God, that yeah. backfired on you. A little bit. Oh Jeez. my gosh. Uh, Her wrestling. Oh my gosh, we were talking the other day. It was when we actually had Eddie on, and we were talking about um, it was it was WCW Great American Bash '95. And we got to the Jim Duggan match on there, and Jeff's over here like, oh, yeah, Jim Duggan, he's great, yeah. And we're like, no, he's not. And, and, it, and it was during the show, Jeff, you said that you texted your cousin about, oh, hey, these guys don't know what you know, Jim Duggan's about. What did he, what did he respond back? Um, Jim Duggan sucks. <laughs> I was like, what? You need to mess up. I've been lied to my whole entire life. I love Jim Duggan. Yeah. If you don't like Jim Duggan, you can kiss my ass. That's how, that's how I feel. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's that simple. Exactly. Um, okay. So I want to talk about AEW a little bit because obviously that's um, you know, it's a big televised production. Um, what's your what is what is your experience been with AEW? And we've seen you on Dynamite a couple times, dark. Um, but what's uh but what has your experience been like with them? Uh it's been for the most part, it's been really good. Uh I've been happy to have the opportunity to get on. Uh, it's something, you know, before AEW existed, the chances of getting a match on Raw or SmackDown or any WWE programming were pretty, pretty low, no matter what. I mean, they have squashes down then like well ryback or brodus clay were like doing a weekly squash match but that'd only be one out of x amount of indie guys in any territory and like i don't think any of them ever got offense in and you know the first time that i did dark i wrestled uh tony niece and like i had a full comeback and and everything so for me it's been a really really good experience and i i don't know that a ton of people were watching darker elevation uh, so I understand why they got rid of them, but I do think it's it is kind of a shame that um, that opportunity for a lot of indie guys is going to dry up to have that the chance to wrestle somebody on national television or on a on a bigger platform on the YouTube show. Yeah, and I and we were and we are talking to Eddie about this also when we had him on the last time, but um, it it makes it harder for and and this is coming from him from that great america bash episode but he was saying that it's that it gets a little hard to book their own shows because when you have shows you know like dark elevation even to ring of honor nowadays when they tape you know two you know two weeks of episodes into one night and there's 19 to 20 matches you know it, it gets harder for them to book uh, you know, talent. So do you ever, do you ever come to a point where you kind of have to, where like two promotions come to you, you got one night to work and you kind of got to, you, you kind of got to jump one side or the other there? Yeah, sure. And I mean, it's a variety of factors. It's like, what do you wrestle for? Experience, exposure, or money? 
Uh, if you can get two out of the three, great. If you can get three out of three, that's the one you should go to. If they're totally even, uh, which one's closer? Pretty much what it comes down to. Who am I lo more loyal to? Is there more of a future with this place or that place? Et cetera, et cetera. It, it can be hard, you know, sometimes. I'm not the most in-demand independent wrestler, but I'm sure a guy like Speedball Mike Bailey probably has to make decisions like that every week. It's um, it's so crazy on who, uh, you know, as fans and as as wrestlers like yourself, on like you use uh, speed speedball Mike Bailey, like like he's great. Like I'm I'm not I'm not we're not bashing him at all. But what I'm saying is is like it's just pro wrestling so weird in the sense of um who people like who they don't like who gets over who they don't get over, and I guess really it's all subjective. Like well, obviously, but. It's just, uh, it's just wild and astonishes me. You know, e even in my own life, you know, even my own choices, like you know, on who gets over and who doesn't, or where somebody's over and where they're not over. It's, I mean, it's always been like that, and it'll always be like that. It's nothing new, but again, in the world of where everything's on the internet, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, do you think? I guess in this modern wrestling, like with Twitter and everything else, um. Do you think it's harder? Like, is it, I mean, I guess it's easier in the sense of you get more exposure. So yes, but I mean, how has that changed from um, like, Hey, you know, I might do this in this match or this spot or here, or I might do that here, or I won't do it because I know I've got this show. Like when everything's being recorded all the time, you know, on everybody's Twitter, on everybody's platform, it's, you know, it's, I assume you always have to be fresh. You always have to be on your game, right? Sure. Yeah. And I, I do think it's, uh, I think you're getting like, it's harder to stand out in a lot of ways now. And it's hard to tell like what is going to get over with the audience. Cause like right now, the level of athleticism in wrestling, I think is unparalleled, even from like, if you look at like mid nineties, young, uh, or junior heavyweights in new Japan, which is kind of like the basis, I would say for more of the modern style but since then, that's like that times four with like the PWG style match, which I feel like every indie show now kind of follows it, which to a detriment because it means less and less. Like, uh, for example, the HBK Undertaker, the first WrestleMania match, it was such a big deal that he kicked out of the tombstone. And now if you watch Dynamite, which is essentially a, a free show, I'm sure somebody's probably going to get kicked out of a tombstone every single week on that show. And I mean, it is what it is. I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. For my taste personally, I do kind of like that fight is bringing it back some, introducing some rules, and it's not just super kick, then I larry at you, then you super kick me, then I anzi, form exchange, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it is harder to stand out too because everyone does every move. Everyone's good at every style of wrestling now, it seems like. Um, but it's interesting what stands out because, for example, like Dan Housen, I'm not saying he's a bad wrestler, but Danhausen, I would say in the last like two years, was the most in-demand unsigned wrestler before he went to AEW. And Danhausen is not somebody who's doing shooting star presses to the outside or hitting a tombstone every match or anything like that. He got over by being a fucking weirdo, honestly. And it, it worked. That being said, there's one Danhausen. I think mean, if everybody was a weird, quirky, Elvira style character, nobody's interesting. And I think that's some degree now like even in the the mid 2000s like 
so many of those Ring of Honor guys, I'm glad they did get a shot. But at the time, uh, when CM Punk was in WWE, in ECW, he really stood out because he was doing more of the like Japanese-style moves while everybody else was these OVW-style wrestlers. But now he's in AEW, and he's like the OVW-style wrestler in comparison to all these indie guys, you know what I mean? Yep. So it is, it's just timing and wrestling changes. I do... I think we kind of are at a breaking point, though, that there just is so much and there is going to be a need to to slow down a little bit, kind of like Attitude Era. If you go back and watch some of those matches, like people just be a minute into the match throwing power bombs or whip off fucking spine busters. And then in the ruthless aggression, it slowed down a little bit. It kind of resembled closer to like the WA style from the 80s, which is more my style of wrestling. I don't no, know. I stop. I'm just a weird rant. <laughs> No, 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 no. My 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 style as well. Yeah, yeah. Everything everything you're saying sounds great to me. We sound like the same person, so I'm I'm all about it. Uh we could we could we could honestly make a whole show about just mid eighties professional wrestling in general. Um, but I know that I, I know that you're a busy man, um, and I know we are coming to the end of our time. Um, so we always like to do a little segment here towards the end. We just we we just call it a three count. Um, just, uh, you know, just three, um, rapid fire questions, uh, put as much thought into them as you want. Um, first one, um, dream match with any current working talent. Signed or unsigned? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jeff Hardy would easily be number one. Uh, after that, Rey Mysterio is probably pretty high up on that list. And after that. I've wrestled quite a few former Ring of Honor champions, and I would like to keep that list going uh, for any of them that are still active. Um, this is not one of three questions, but um, who do you think is the best Ring of Honor world champion of all time? Double uh, A is probably my choice. Might be, <laughs> but that is my guy. I kind of, I kind of thought you were going to say say that. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't think, wouldn't think you'd say anything else to that. Okay. Um, number two, dream match with any past um, or retired talent. I mean, it's got to be HBK, right? But uh, mm, I don't know. Saudi money might bring him out of retirement. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. If I can, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll tear it up. Uh, he'd definitely be way out there. And he does Von Eric boys. I love working like a pure baby face guy and especially like. Uh, as athletic as Kevin is, but David is just was such a good baby face and Carrie, like I love just ping ponging around for somebody. And I think me and Carrie Von Eric would really tear it up uh, in my fantasy world. I'd need to cycle up be any threat to him, but <laughs> look at Cod Cod. If, if I can nerd out again, look at look at wrestlers. Look at wrestlers on here um, talking about the Von Erics boy. God. Yeah. I'm glad that. I'm glad uh I'm just glad that like-minded people like ourselves are still out here like the wrestling did wrestling was around before 2017 at some point and you know there was good wrestling it was a little bit slower believe it or not but oh man refreshing refreshing <laughs> um and then and then and then the third one um you get to have dinner with any wrestling personality past, present, any wrestling personality you want to get a dinner with them, who is it? 
Um, Bret Hart, to be honest, would probably be pretty high on that list. Mick Foley would be very high on that list for me as well, I think. Those, uh, and I'll say Chris Jericho. I'll do the three count with three, and I'll say actually Chris Jericho as well. I like that. I Let's definitely like that response. Perfect, perfect. Well, we definitely appreciate your time, Mr. Leroux. Um, Real quick, where can the people find you on the socials, um, and where might they be seeing see you next? Uh, on Twitter, I am at Logan Leroux, L-O-G-A-N-L-A-R-O-U-X. Uh, I believe the next time I'll be in the ring is at Next Gen Wrestling in Knoxville, Tennessee, against Braden Lee, one of these flippy motherfuckers, and Caleb Conley, <laughs> defending my Eastern States Championship. Uh, after that, you got to check my Twitter, but I know for sure I will be at Liberty Lottery in BCW down in Norfolk at the end of July. Yeah, VCW baby. Yeah, we're that's a that's a that's a two two and a half hour drive for us. So we're so we're so we're definitely gonna do our best to get there. Um, but the one last thing we ask of all of our talent that comes comes on um, is to let is to let the fans know um, just a small snippet of you know the Wrestling Pierce podcast um, and why this is the pod, the pro wrestling podcast that they need to be listening to. All right, wrestling fans all around the world, you guys need to listen to the Wrestling Purist podcast to get the purest takes on professional wrestling, to get Jeff Hall's genius expertise, all wrestling, especially that, and before 2017, and Ryan's laughter and fun-filled personality. If you would like to gentrify the world of professional wrestling, follow me on Twitter at Logan Laroe, and follow these two gentlemen at the Wrestling Purist podcast. Absolutely love it. Well, again, appreciate you. This is this has been on our list for a while uh, to try and make this work. We're really glad that we could bring bring you on and have the time with you. All right. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Wrestling Paris podcast. And we will catch you at the next bell.